Welcome to It's About Him Ministries with Denise Robinson. It is my desire that you would be encouraged and inspired by this broadcast and that you would trust Jesus no matter what and believe him for the impossible. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I would like to hear how this broadcast is blessing you. You are welcome to send your comments and testimonies to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com and follow me on Twitter at It's About underscore Jesus. I appreciate you listening to the broadcast. If God is leading you to support this ministry, you may send your donations by PayPal or Venmo to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com. Last week, I shared our words carry weight. I discussed that of all the creations on this planet, only man has the ability to communicate through the spoken word. The power to use words is a unique and powerful gift from God. Our words have the power to destroy and the power to build up, according to Proverbs 12, 6. So it's important that we use our words wisely. James 3, 7 says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now, Proverbs 18, 20, 21 says a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruits of his mouth, from the produce of his lips. He should be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. I encourage you to read this book that I had mentioned last week about Hung by the Tongue by Francis P. Martin. It is an easy book to read and it talks about what you say is what you get. We can actually have what we say, good or bad. And, you know, the scripture mentioned that the tongue is being is untamed and an unruly evil. So what can tame our tongue? You know what? The word of God, praise God. And today's topic is you can have what you say. I challenge you to practice speaking the word of God over every situation in your life. You will be amazed by the results. I want to leave with you today some examples from the Bible of people who said something and received what they said by speaking the word of God in faith and their lives were changed forever. One, I would like to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. Two, Jairus and his daughter. Three, the two blind men. And four, Joshua and Caleb. And finally, number five, David and Goliath. Now, I probably won't have enough time in this segment to go over all of them, but I'm going to go do as much as I possibly can. Let's look at the woman with the issue of blood. Um, first of all, during this time, Jesus had just healed a man who was um, possessed 
with a demon. Actually, he had lesions, which was um, 2,000 demons that was inside of him. And Jesus cast them out. And they went into this, uh, the herd of swine and the swine, they went into the water and they drowned. So people saw the miracle of Jesus. And so Jesus had a big following. So this is during that time. So Jesus, he, um, he left, uh, 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 what is it? The Capolis, and he went on the other side of the river in a boat, and there him and his disciples and many people was there, a great multitude. And so here, before um, talking about the woman with the issue of blood, there was a man named Jairus, and he approached Jesus, and he said, and if you go to Mark five twenty one through twenty four. It says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, during this time, Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house. But in the meantime, there's an interruption. And I will talk about this. This is where this woman with the issue of blood. And this is in Mark 5, verses 25 through 34. Now it says, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians. She has spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. I should be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you. You say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now think about this. This woman had this condition for 12 long years, but she had faith. She heard about Jesus. She heard that he was healing people. And so she said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. And so she said something. She believed something in faith. Here, this man, Jairus, he believed that if Jesus could come to his house, his daughter would be healed. He knew she would not die. She would live and not die. He had faith. He said something. He said, if Jesus would come, she would be healed. 
We have to say something. We have to believe God's word by faith and believe that God will do exactly what he said he would do. Praise God. Now, I'm going to read about um, Jairus. Now, there's a long version in um, Mark 5, 35 through 43 that talks about Jairus and his um, daughter, but I'm going to read the shorter version, version which is um, Matthew chapter 9, verses 23 to 26. It says, when Jesus came into the ruler's house, talking about Jairus, and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing. Now they already saying that this girl, she's dead. She's dead. They're just, they're mourning. Here they have music, sad, and they're just all around. And it says, and he said to them, make room for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. So here Jesus kicked him out. And, uh, and they were, you know, making fun of him thinking, you know, here, this girl's dead. What is he doing? But when the crowd was put outside, he meaning Jesus went in and took her by the hand and the girl arose. And in the other passage in Mark, it says that Jesus had the mother and daughter come into the, I mean, the mother and father come into the room with the girl. And, um, and he took her hand, but here, and the report on this went out into all the land because immediately the girl rose. So it says that when he took in and took her by the hand, the girl arose and the report of this went all out into all the land. So here Jairus had faith. He knew that if Jesus came to his house, that his daughter will be raised from the dead. She will be healed. And so Jesus let them know she's not dead. She's sleeping. And that made a profound effect on the people. They heard, they saw, and they went out and told everyone. Now, the next case I will talk about, and that's the two blind men who were healed. This is in Matthew 9 verses 20 seven through 31. It says when Jesus departed from there. So after he left from healing the girl, Jairus daughter here, there were two blind men followed him crying out and saying, son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open and Jesus sternly warned them saying, see that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. You know, when God does something, when Jesus do something special for us, we can't keep it to ourselves. Praise God. We have to let everybody know. And I know God has healed me numerous of times of various different situations. And I just thank God. Hallelujah. So these people, they, the two wise men, they were just so excited. They have their sight back. So they couldn't keep it to themselves. They had to tell everybody, praise God. Now it's interesting that in the book of Mark and Luke, they did not record about the blind, the, these two blind men being healed. Only this was mentioned in Matthew. So that's interesting. But anyway, 
These men said something and they were healed. And you notice what Jesus said? He said, he told the daughter, he said, your faith made you whole. You know, he told Jairus, fear not, only believe. He told the, um, the blind men, according to your faith, so be it unto you. So our faith has to be involved. Praise God. And it's so wonderful to know that we can believe God. We can have what we say if we just believe the word of God. Hallelujah. And you know, some people will take this um, and think, oh, well, I could just say anything then, huh? And it'll come to pass. No, say your words, line it up according to God's word, those things that you want to come to pass. Because yes, you can have negative words come to pass or you can have positive words come pass. So you want to make sure we're speaking the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, you know, it seemed like time is just ticking away so quickly here. I won't have a lot of time to go into, um, these other examples, I would have to pick this up on next week, but I just want to encourage you, your words speak life. Your words are powerful and we want to make sure that we are speaking life and not death of our situation. Praise God. And so I just want us right now to be able to believe God that what he says he would actually do. And we don't have to wonder if it's his will. If it's in the Bible, it is his will. Praise God. Healing is God's will. We don't have to wonder, is this the will of God for me to be healed? Of course, it is the will of God for you to be healed. Just like you, if you're a natural parent, you have a a child who is ill. You're not, I mean, you desire that child to be made whole. It's not your will that that child continue to be sick. So that's how God is for us. He wants us healed and we, he wants us to give him his word and he will perform his word. Praise God. We must mix our words with faith. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word, dear God. Your word is alive and well. Hallelujah. God, we just thank you for healing our bodies, dear God. You said we can come to you and ask you anything, dear God. And we know healing is your will for our lives, dear God. So Lord, we just thank you right now that by your son, Jesus stripes, our body is already made whole and healed in Jesus name, dear God. You said in Psalms 103 verse three, that you heal all of our iniquities and heal all of our diseases. So God, we just thank you right now that our body is disease free, dear God. And Lord, we speak life to our bodies. We speak life to our situations, dear God, for we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. So Lord, we just thank you right now. And God, I just pray for those that don't know you, that they will come to know you in a real and intimate way in your Holy son, Jesus name. And remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I would like to hear how this broadcast is blessing you. You are welcome to send your comments and testimonies to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com and follow me on Twitter at It's About underscore Jesus. I appreciate you listening to this broadcast 
If God is leading you to support this ministry, you may send your donations by PayPal or Venmo to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com. Last week, I shared we can have what we say. I spoke that our tongue was untamed and an unruly evil full of deadly poison, according to the book of James, and that's chapter 3, verse 7. I believe if we allow the word of God to take root in our lives, that it is powerful enough to tame our tongues. Praise God. I encourage you to practice to practice speaking the word of God over every area of your life. You will be amazed of the results. I gave examples last week of people from the Bible that spoke the word of God in faith and changed their defeated circumstances into great victories. I mentioned several people who said something and received what they said by speaking the word of God in faith and their lives changed forever. I talked about the woman with the issue of blood, Jairus' daughter, the two blind men, and I was wanting to talk about Joshua and Caleb and David and Goliath, but I didn't have time to get to them last week. Hopefully, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get to them this week. But if not, we'll talk about them next week. Praise the Lord. But anyway, the woman with the issue of blood, we said that she said that if only if she could touch the hem of Jesus garment, she will be made whole. And because of what she believed and had faith in, she had what she said. Jesus healed her. It was like virtue just left from him. He touched, she touched the hem of his garment. And that you will be able to find that in Mark 5 verses 25 through 34 or Luke 8 43 verse 48 and Matthew chapter 9 verse 20 to 22. Now when we looked at Jairus, uh, his daughter was dying and he asked Jesus, he said, if you will come to my house, I know my daughter will be healed. And this is found in Mark 5 verses 35 through 43, Luke 8, 40 to 42, and also Luke 8, verse 49 through 56, and Matthew 9, 18 through 19, and also Matthew 9, 23 through 26. And here, Jesus, he went to the house, and again, the daughter, all the people that were there, they were mourning because they said she was dead. And Jesus said, no, she's sleeping. He got the mourners out of the room, had the mother and father in there. He prayed. He uh, grabbed her hand and she was made whole. She was raised up, praise God. And uh, he told the mother to go and get her something to eat. And so God, Jesus himself healed her because of the words of her father. Her father had faith. He said, if you would come to my house, I know my daughter will be made whole. She will be healed. Praise God. And then Jesus saw the two blind men thereafter. And they heard about what Jesus was doing. And they knew that if Jesus was touched their eyes, they would be made whole. And this is found in Matthew chapter nine, verses 27 through 31. And like I said last week, 
uh, Luke and Mark did not record this incident about the two blind men. It was just said here in Matthew. But once Jesus touched their eyes, they were made whole. Praise God. And so again, all these people, they said something and they had what they received. Praise God. And so it lets us know that in all these instances that someone said something and it was coupled with their faith according to God's word and it came to pass. Like when the woman, Jesus told her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. To Jairus, he told, Jesus told Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. To the two blind men, he said, according to your faith, so be it. Have you noticed in these situations, not one time did Jesus said it was according to his faith or it was according to his disciples' faith? He said, it's according to their faith. Just like then, today, it's according to our faith. We must have faith in God, the God kind of faith that's having faith like God has. And it's possible, praise God. If it wasn't, he wouldn't told us. So believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. Have faith like God does. That means we can have whatever we say. Praise God. You know, I want to share this um, story. Kenneth Hagen Sr., he said this, uh, the late Kenneth Hagen Sr., he said this some years ago. He was talking about a woman that would come to his church every four months. This lady, she wasn't a Christian. She wasn't a tither. She would just come to the church. And any time her children were ill or sick, she would call Brother Hagen to come to the house. And each time her children will be made whole, they will be healed. And in this one instance, uh, Brother Hagen went to the house and her, her husband wasn't saved either. And he would come to the house and they're all excited to see him. And immediately when he prayed for the children, they had a flu and she had children under the age of three. And when he prayed for these children, he can feel their temperature leaving immediately. And, um, and then he also had a deacon and his wife and they had kids and they would call brother Hagen to come to the house. And brother Hagen noticed that their kids weren't healed. And so this bothered Brother Hagen. And so again, this lady whose children were healed, who wasn't a Christian, she will call him and he will come to the house and instantly the kids are healed. And so he was wavered in his faith and he knew that you can't believe for God to do something and be wavering in your faith. So this bothered Kenneth Hagen and he went to his study and prayed and was asking God, how is it that this woman who's not saved, her husband is not saved, and here her kids gets healed every time that I pray. And then I have a deacon who comes to the church faithfully, him and his wife, they pay their tithes, they love the Lord. I go to their home 
and their kids seem not to get healed. What is going on? And so this bothered him. And so this one time the deacon, they called him. And before they called Brother Hagen to come to the house, the wife said, oh, don't call Brother Hagen. You know, every time he come, our kids, they're not, they don't get healed. So why bother calling them? And so the deacon, anyway, he called Brother Hagen to come over because his kids were sick. And here Brother Hagen is knocking at the door and knocking at the door. Nobody tends to come forth to the door. So he takes out his pocket knife to bang on the door. And finally, somebody comes to the door and they said, oh, Brother Hagen, he's here. And so Brother Hagen, he goes, he prays for the kids and the kids are not healed. And then he goes back to God and is wondering what's going on. Now, before he goes back to God, he, you know, he talks to this wife and she says, well, you know, I didn't want my husband to call you because every time he calls and you come, the kid's not healed. And I'm just saying this, you know, it's a waste of time for you to come. Now, when he goes to God, he realized, hallelujah, that God lets him know that this is a principle of faith. It's a universal law of faith that works whether you are a Christian or whether you are a sinner. If you can believe and have faith, that is a principle that comes into action. So whoever used this principle or whoever used this law, it shall work. So here, this woman who did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but she believed in the man of God. She believed that if he spoke the word of God, that her children will be healed and made whole. And because of that expectation, their, her children was always healed and made whole. Where here you had a Christian family who believed in God, but yet when that word came forth, they didn't have the faith to believe that that word will work for them and their family. So as a result, their children was not made whole because of what they were saying. They were saying, well, he will pray, but they're not going to be healed. Where the other lady said, if brother Hagen comes to our house, this man of God, I know you all will be healed. And guess what? Their children were healed. So we can have what we say. So we have to be careful in what we say. Make sure we believe the word of God because we can have what we say. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we don't want to be in church all of our life and not have faith. We must believe the word of God and believe the man and woman of God. Hallelujah. God's word is true. And if we want it to come to pass, we must apply it. We must mix our words with faith to have the results that we want. Just like the lady with the issue of blood, she had faith. If she can only touch the hem of Jesus garment. She knew she would be made whole and she was made whole because of her words. Just like Jairus, he said, if you come to my house, I know my daughter won't die. She will live. And Jesus did just that. He prayed 
and touch well he touched the girl and she was rolled she was made whole because of her dad's faith believing the man of God his words praise God and then you had the two blind men who heard the good report of Jesus going about doing good healing people and they knew if Jesus could only touch their eyes that they would be healed and made whole so Jesus told them that they would be made whole and they were. And so here we see these three incidents where the woman with the issue of blood, Jairus' daughter, and the two blind men, they were made whole because of their words. Hallelujah. So it lets us know by the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter should be established. And that's according to Deuteronomy 19, 15 in the latter verse. And also it lets us know in Matthew 18, 20, for where there are two or three are gathered together in my name, I will be in the midst of them. And this is Jesus talking. But here it lets us know you didn't even need two or three. You have one person. If you can believe, let it be known. Hallelujah. Let it be done unto you according to your faith. Praise God. Well, it looks like our time is is, is left here, is leaving. So anyway, I won't be able to get into Caleb and uh, Joshua or David and Goliath this week. You have to tune back in next week to hear what they said with their words, hallelujah, and what came to pass. So I encourage you, speak life over your situation. Let us pray. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can have what we say. We choose to speak life and not death of our situations. We thank you. We can believe you for the impossible because our faith in you and the power of your word to bring it to pass. God, help my radio audience to walk in the God kind of faith that you have provided for them to receive so that they can receive total healing physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially in your holy son, Jesus name. Hallelujah. That's the name that's above every name in heaven and in earth. And remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, thank you for listening to this broadcast. I trust it is a blessing to you. I would like to hear your comments, prayer requests, and testimonies. You are welcome to send them to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com and follow me on Twitter at It's About underscore Jesus. If God is leading you to support this ministry, you may send your donations by PayPal or Venmo to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com. In advance, I would like to thank you for your gift because every gift is appreciated, regardless of the amount. Praise the Lord. The last couple of weeks I shared, we have what we say. And I will continue to talk about this subject this week. We can have what we say. So this is part three. Our words are powerful. Either we are speaking words of life or words of death. We want to speak words of life we can have what we say, either good or bad. I use examples from the Bible of people who had faith to believe Jesus for their physical healing in their bodies or for someone else's physical healing, such as the woman 
the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, Jairus for his 12-year-old daughter, and the two blind men. As a result of them saying something and having faith in Jesus, the healing was manifested as they believed. The same can happen to us today. When we speak God's word of our physical bodies and faith, we too will be healed in Jesus' name. Last week, I ended the broadcast with a powerful story of the late brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. that he shared at a meeting back in October of 1981. And I'm going to give you a condensed overview of that story. But in the story, what he shared, actually it happened. It wasn't make-believe. It really happened. There were two families. One family was a faithful Christian family who were deacons and tithers at his church, and they attended church regularly. And the other family, well, the husband, he was unsaved, and the wife, she was a non-member who attended the church about four times a year, but never gave any money. Both families had small children under the age of three who needed prayer when their uh, children were sick, if they had the flu or some other kind of sickness, they would um, call Brother Hagen to come over to the house and pray for them, for their children. So when Brother Hagen prayed for the Christian family's children, their fevers um, tend not to leave immediately. But when he prayed for the unsaved family's children, their fevers or their flu seemed to leave immediately. This situation perplexed Brother Hagen and caused him to waver in prayer for the unsaved family because he felt if anybody's children should be healed, it should be the Christian family. So this really bothered Brother Hagen because you know Brother Hagen, he's a man of faith. He's known as the the, the father of faith. And he know that here he couldn't be waving in faith because God will not answer. But yet God continued to answer the prayer when he prayed for this one family who um, was unsaved. And so this bothered him. So he went in his office and he prayed to God and he was asking because he couldn't understand why weren't the Christian family's children being healed immediately like the unsaved family's children. And after going to God in prayer, he realized that there was a universal law of faith that works for anyone who believes it, regardless if he was a sinner or a Christian, unsaved or saved. It didn't matter what he found. We must have faith. And that is so important today. We must have faith. When we speak, we must have faith. We can have what we say if we mix our words with faith. Praise God. Now, the Christian family were speaking doubt and unbelief, saying there is no sense calling Brother Hagen because our kids don't get healed. Whereas the unsaved family believed that if the man of God prayed for their children, they will be healed. Now, isn't that something? Here you have Christians and not walking in total faith, they're going by their situation, circumstances. Here, this is Brother Hagen. He was knocking on their door, and they're taking a long time to answer. He's taking out his pocket knife, beating on the door, hoping someone will hear. Now, here they're calling him to the house to pray for their children. 
but the expectation wasn't there. But here, the other family, they're running, greeting him to the door, eager to see him with great expectation. We want to make sure we have faith in God and in our words have power. Here they were saying something. If we want healing in our bodies, we must couple our words with faith, the God kind of faith, and not doubt in our hearts. When we speak the word of God in faith, which is the words of life, we will have what we say. Also, if we speak doubt and unbelief and not the word of God, words of death, we will have that as well. So Brother Hagen realized there was a principle of faith that works for anybody who used it. In Mark 5, 28, the woman with the issue of blood said, if only I may touch his clothes, I should be made whole. And one translation said, if I can touch the hem of his, his garment, I will be made whole. And another, if I can touch his clothes, I will be made well. She said something. She came with expectation. And as a result, she was made whole. Jesus healed her. Hallelujah. Mark 5, 34, Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Again, she said something. In Mark 5, 23, Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, fell at the feet of Jesus and said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. In Mark 5, 36, Jesus told Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. I'm going to tell you, if you received a negative report from your physician saying you have cancer or you have some uncurable disease, I say to you today, do not be afraid. Only believe. When Jesus arrived to Jairus' house, he was told that Jairus' 12-year-old daughter was dead. There were mourners there people weeping and wailing, and Jesus kicked them all out of the room, all out, except for her mother and father and the few that he had with him. And he told the people that this girl is not dead. She's sleeping. Jesus took her hand and she arose. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Do you remember what Jesus told the two blind men? We talked about them last week in Matthew chapter nine. Do you believe I am able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. Now tell me, are you able to believe that Jesus can change your situation for you for the better? Yes, I hope you're saying yes, he can. Today, we must be willing to tell Jesus, yes, Lord. Jesus touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. We can have what we say. It is according to our faith. What are we saying? 
Are we speaking the word of God over our situations or are we speaking words of doubt and unbelief? We can have what we say. In all of these instances in the gospels, someone said something and it was said in faith according to God's word and each received what he or she said. Now I said this on last week and it bears repeating. Jesus never told the people that it was according to his faith or according to his disciples' faith that they will be healed. It is according to our faith. So be it unto us. It is our faith that makes us whole or healed. We must not be afraid. Only believe. It is possible for us to have that God kind of faith. We can believe. Praise God. Let's look at Numbers chapter 13, verses 27 through 33. And this is Moses. He sent out 12 spies to search out the land and including Joshua and Caleb. And this is what they said. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there and the Ammonites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jubasites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. I want to say that again. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Now let's look at Numbers 14, 5 through 11 real quick. It says, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Zephaniah, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread, Their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. 
And the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? Now let's look at Numbers 1430. It says, except for Caleb, the son of Zephaniah and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I will make you dwell in. See how, it is, how important it is for what we say, our words? Here those 10 spies were looking at the giants, but Caleb and Joshua kept their eyes on God, looking at the promises of God. Hallelujah, we are well able to overcome it. I have to continue this on next week. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we understand we can have what we say. Help us to speak the God kind of faith of our bodies. If we can believe, all things are possible. According to our faith, sickness and disease must leave our bodies. For by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Well, thank you for listening to this broadcast. I trust it is a blessing to you. I would like to hear your comments, prayer requests, and testimonies. You are welcome to send them to itsabouthimministries at gmail.com. And follow me on Twitter at itsabout underscore Jesus. If God is leading you to support this ministry, you may send your donations by PayPal or Venmo to itsabouthimministries at gmail.com. In advance, I would like to thank you for your gift because every gift is appreciated regardless of the amount. The last few weeks I shared, we can have what we say. I mentioned that our words are powerful. Either we are speaking words of life or words of death. We can have what we say, either good or bad. I shared how the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years was healed and Jairus' 12-year-old daughter raised from the dead and the two blind men received their sight. As a result of them saying something and having faith in Jesus, their healing was manifested as they believed. Also, I spoke about how the late Kenneth Hagen Sr. received the revelation that there was a universal law of faith. The law of faith or the principle of faith worked for anyone who used it, regardless of he or she was saved or unsaved. Faith is manifested by saying words with expectation and believing what is being said is already done. Jesus told the woman with the issue of blood, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He told Jairus, do not be afraid, only believe. And Jairus' daughter was healed. Jesus told the two blind men, according to your faith, let it be to you and their eyes were open. Jesus never told the people that it was according to his faith 
or his disciples' faith that they would be healed. It was according to their faith. It is God's will for you to be healed. It is according to your faith to receive it. I will continue to talk about we can have what we say. This is part four, the conclusion of this teaching. Although it could have easily been said, we will have what we say. Although this will be the end, today's lesson, it will not be the last time you will hear me talk about how important our words are. I will continue where I left off with Joshua and Caleb and continue and conclude with David and Goliath. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13, verses 27 through 33. Moses sent 12 spies out to search the land, including Joshua and Caleb. And this, let's start at 27. It says, this is Numbers 13, 27. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruits, its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites, dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that is devours its inhabitants and all the people who we saw are in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. Let's look at Numbers 14, 5 through 11. It says, then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephana, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? Now let's read Numbers 14 and 30. Except for Caleb, the son of Jephona, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you should by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. 
So think about it. Caleb said, we are well able to overcome it. Caleb was 85 years old and determined he could and would take over the mountain as he did. Joshua and Caleb had faith in God. They said something and received exactly what they said. The other 10 spies came back with the negative report because they focused on the giants and not on the power of God. If Joshua and Caleb concentrated on the giants, they too could have been discouraged, but they believed in God. There might be some giants in our lives today that we are facing. However, our situations must, they might seem impossible, but we have to stop focusing on the giants and look towards God. Like Joshua and Caleb, we must believe in God. This is where our victory lies. Then we will be able to say, we are well able to overcome it. Let us look at David and hear what he said regarding the nine foot plus giant, Goliath, that he was about to fight. Let us read 1 Samuel 17 verses 24 through 27. And then we're going to pick up with uh, 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 51. All of the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defile Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion and a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fancied fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not test them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not test, tested them. So David took them off. Then he took off his staff in his hand. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose him for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch where he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. 
So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me. I will give you flesh to, your, to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the army of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give your carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to Dave to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out as chef and killed him and cut off his head with it. Now think about this. David did not allow his stature, appearance, or background keep him from believing the Lord of hosts. He encouraged himself by reciting his previous victories and testimonies of what God had done for him. You can have what you say. David told Goliath this day. Now this is verse 46. This day. The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. He did exactly that. The people knew he served the God of Israel. I encourage you to do like Joshua, Caleb and David and speak to the giants in your lives. We must continue to recite our past victories and to give our testimonies of what God has done for us. In faith, we must trust God has already given us the strength to overcome them. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we understand we can have what we say. We will have what we say, either good or bad. So help us to speak the God kind of faith over every situation in our lives, including our health. According to our faith, sickness and disease must leave our bodies for by Jesus stripes, we are already healed. Help us to face our giants with holy boldness and confidence and overcome them in the name of Jesus. 
Amen and amen. And remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus Christ. I trust you are blessed by this broadcast. I would like to hear from you. You can send your praise report or your prayer request to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you would like to partner with this ministry, you can send your contributions to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com by way of PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. Remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. We've been coming to look at you, but it's about Jesus. <laughs>